When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm playing this because I saw the trailer for the Bob Marley movie that's coming up in uh, January. What do you guys think of that? I think it looks interesting. I think it looks like a really interesting trailer. I've always been, I mean, there have been a lot of different rumored Bob Marley projects in the works that have ended up, for one reason or another, falling apart. Like, biopics, I think, can be dicey at times, particularly if you try to go cradle to grave, and I have no idea if that's what this one is doing or not. But especially, I think, a figure like Bob Marley, who is truly iconic. Like, I mean, he is as big as, in his own right, as anybody who's ever been in music. Like, it takes a certain amount of huevos to take on that role. And I got to say, the actor, whose name is Kingsley Ben-Adair, looks convincing in the trailer. He looks really, really convincing. I, was, I haven't good seen actor. it, so I was actually he is a good, good actor. I was going to ask you, like, who's playing? Marley. He was one of the Barbies. He was one of Barbie. The Kens. The Kens. The, the Kens. Excuse me. Yes, he was one. Of, he was one of the Kens in Barbie. Um, he is a good actor, but like, it takes some stones to play Bob Marley. Like, it really does. Like, you if you could crush it, and that's great. But if you don't do well in this role, you have the potential to look pretty foolish. And, like, people are going to be mad if you don't pull off this role. But it looks good. I agree with you. Did you guys like the Elvis movie? No. I haven't seen it. It was unwatchable. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I got about 30 30 to 40 minutes in. I'm like, you know what? Austin Butler's really good. Wow. Then you just turn it off. You don't even make it to the end. Nope. Oh, I didn't make it to the middle. Wow. I mean, it's a long movie to begin with. It's super long. Yeah, it's like over almost three hours. Yeah. And I, I'm not a big fan of Baz Luhrmann, the director. Like yeah. I, I think his movies are just too busy, and there's just too much crap happening <laughs> during them. I thought Austin Butler was good as Elvis. I'm like, okay, I get the hype with him. He still I, acts like Elvis too. You see him on the street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you see that sometimes. Where like like Jeff Bridges after playing the dude, he has sounded like the dude ever since. And I think to some degree it's an extension of sort of who he is as a laid-back California guy. But some of that is just I think Jeff Bridges became the dude. Um, and Miles uh, – excuse me, Austin Butler has been has been Elvis ever since. But no, I thought the movie was unwatchable. It's awful. Hmm. I haven't seen it. <laughs> I thought you were watching the trailer. I said that. I thought you were watching the trailer. Like, no, oh, I haven't seen oh, the trailer and I haven't okay. seen the Elvis movie. I said both of those things. I have well, nothing to contribute to this part of the conversation. Are you interested at all? You're not interested at all? In I'm interested in the Marley movie. But what, the Elvis now movie? Now that I know about it. What about the Elvis movie? No Elvis movie for no, you ever? That's, uh, statute of limitations has expired on that. All right. I don't, I'm not that into Elvis, too. Like, I don't find Elvis that interesting, in all honesty. That, that, that doesn't no. help. Like, there's the movie coming out, or it may be out, the Sofia Coppola movie um, about Elvis, but through Priscilla Presley's Yeah, why is that? POV. They, they, there's already an Elvis movie. I don't need to know about her. I don't know. We need to know what some girl thinks yeah. about stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a, a woman's a opinion. Woman's who opinion? needs that? Why isn't she in the kitchen? 
cooking for That's Elvis. That's all I need to know. <laughs> when you were doing that voice, I thought the soundboard was somebody hit a button. I didn't I realize it was you. Uh, if I wanted a lady's opinion about something, I'd go down to the ladies store. Ladies store. <laughs> ask about brasiers. <laughs> And yeah, washing Funchy, dishes. Funchy, you want to you expand on that while you're not interested in Priscilla Presley? No, I just don't. I don't know. Why do I got to know her story? I just want to know Elvis' story. You're not helping yourself. Yeah. When it, <laughs> presented with a shovel, Funchy took the opportunity to keep digging. <laughs> Quote, I'm not interested. Why should I care about her story? Real man. Like, of I don't care about Yoko Ono's story, you know? I want Not to... helping yourself. Exactly. <laughs> Not helping yourself. There's a thump button. Oh, man. Any... <laughs> I'm performing all week, guys. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh... Need more stories about men. <laughs> yeah, we have, Doing we haven't... manly things. We haven't gotten enough stories about white men man. in Hollywood. We need more of that. <laughs> We need more stories about rich white men. Where, where are those stories? How about alpha males? Let's get some, get some stories about alpha males. But no girls, that's for sure. I mean, they let a woman direct the movie. Isn't that enough? Why does it have to be a, a woman-directed movie about a woman? The only thing you should be doing is catering to the men. I am not saying that, but okay. Well, I mean, you, you sort of did. Right. You kind of did with that. We, we ran with it a little bit. Okay. All, All right. right. <laughs> Jaime Hawkins. Moving along. <laughs> Jaime Hawkins last night with the Heat. Um, the they played a Christmas game at home against the Sixers. The Sixers did not have Joel Embiid, but the Miami Heat were without Jimmy Butler. Jaime Hawkins in th- thirty-nine minutes, thirty-one points, eleven of fifteen from the field, eight of eight at the line, ten rebounds two steals he has been a big contributor for for you casuals out there that's good he has been a big contributor for the heat this season averaging a little under 14 points a game four rebounds two and a half assists almost 52 percent from the field he is 38 percent from behind the line and i think it is safe to say he is contributing more than jalen hood has been this season that is true. <laughs> Which is not to say that Jalen Huchifino won't end up a good NBA player, but it does raise the question about this past draft where the Lakers presumably saw a lot of Jaime Jaquez Jr. considering he played down the street at UCLA. You could have just asked Bergman. And they took Huchifino mm-hmm. one pick before Jaquez. The Lakers, a team right now that could use all the different help that they can get, and they could use all the connectors that they can get, and Jaquez seems like he is a really good connector, raises the question about whether or not they should have just taken Jaquez, or at the very least, did they make a mistake by not taking somebody who could contribute right away? That's because- that's the bigger question to me. Because, like, Jaquez is, he was, like, if you look at mock drafts anywhere from – Miami taking him. That's generally speaking as early as he goes. And I, I will, I will say too, if if I have an inkling that the Heat might want to take somebody, I might just draft that guy. Just be like, cause they clearly they understand something. They're good at that stuff. They can turn anybody into anything. Um, and then like into the mid to late twenties. Like I, I saw Hakez all. You know, I was looking back at some of these live uh, mock drafts, and that's where he was going. 
And, you know, I don't think he'd be playing nearly as big of a role with the Lakers as he is currently with the Heat. But he'd be playing more than Hood Shafino. Right. And the, the, like you say, the bigger question because he's, is... Because he's readier to play now. Correct. Even if That's you, the issue. Even if you love Jalen Hood Shafino's potential, I want to make it clear, there's no reason to think right now he can't be an NBA player. There was every reason to believe he wouldn't be one this year. Right. And I'm looking at the... He's a one-and-done. I'm looking at the... You know, a lot of people were really upset the Lakers didn't take Cam Whitmore uh, because he had fallen from like high lottery mm-hmm. to... The, the the Rockets ended up taking him at 20. He can't crack that rotation. Like, he is not playing with the Rockets right now. He's not doing anything. He's spending most of his time in the G League, um, which is fine. I'm not saying he's going to be a bust, but I'm just the idea that, like, the Lakers obviously whiffed on Whitmore isn't currently being borne out. If you look at who, like, who was available to them, there are two guys who are currently making contributions to teams that the Lakers had access to. It's Hakez and Pajimski playing for Golden State. They, he was taken at 19 by the Warriors. Um, and obviously, guard is is a place where you, you know, they especially with Vincent being hurt, could really use another guy. And they took one. So they're obviously interested in guard, and they, they you know, uh, Pajimski is playing, and Hutchfino is not. Um, I think... Beyond that, like I, I, I'm not crushing him too much for not taking Hakez just because it looked like they were pretty full, and particularly on the wing, and in terms of immediate contributors. But the flip side of that argument is, well, they, I mean, if you really got, quick, they don't know for sure that they were full on the wing. The draft happened before free agency. That's true. So they they didn't that's actually true. know that. No, that's true. That's true. Um, that's a very good point. That really undercuts almost everything that I just said. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe they just felt like he wouldn't play after they get through free agency. They do all their other stuff. Right, but they also knew Rookie. that Jalen Huchifino wasn't going to play either. Probably. And so I think they probably looked at a lot of these guys and said, anybody we draft in these spots isn't going to be available to play. And I, But if they did, if they went for a full upside, like the, argue, the question is, did they go long-term upside or short-term help? Do they think Hakez could help them early? Pajemski, somebody like that, could help early, but that over the long term, Hood Shafino would be the better player? Which might happen. Which could happen, absolutely. I would say if you're on a team with LeBron James and Anthony Davis with a very clear ticking clock, you take the guy who can help you fastest. That would be what I would do. Right. Or, I mean, you trade the pick. Right. But like, I get the look. I get the idea of why the Lakers would want would want a young player who could be part of their future, like a big part of their future right. in four years. And, it's, and look, Hood Shafino got hurt, and it's like all this. It's not gone. the The optics haven't been good on this, right? And again, I want to keep emphasizing this: Hood Shafino could end up a good NBA player. I am not, and I think you're not, Brian. Saying that he's a bust. No, I there when we watch him in the in the preseason and in the you know summer league, for example, I get two things at once. I, I in, immediately say he is currently not capable of contributing to an NBA team. But then there were also moments where you would be like, okay, I get it. I get what right. they see, the pace he plays at, the 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 smart decisions he makes with the ball and all that. He's just got to become a better shooter first and foremost. Right, but it just it 
It gets back to that question, though, about what the Lakers were looking for Mm -hmm. with this draft. And if you have to be more practical than they had been going into this draft, even if you understand, again, why you would covet the idea of a player that, you know, the Lakers don't have much youth at their disposal. The only real guy of note that they have is Max Christie, who is currently out of the rotation altogether. So I get why the Lakers would want this, but like what you want versus what you need. Right. And it's also not always the same thing. And it's 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 a little bit unfair to 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 kill most the Lakers are drafted very well. I'm, like I'm not I'm not and so I'm not I'm not down on either their scouting department or the philosophies that they have in no, determining their scouting, their scouting department, their track record speaks right. for itself. And you know, making the choices about what we think we have available to us in the draft. Like sometimes guys surprise you. Sometimes, you know, players just translate. But now players who are people who are high on Hawkes, for example, were like He's NBA ready. He's NBA ready. He's he's a, but like there are a lot of guys who you think are going to be NBA ready because they're longtime college guys because they've been who turn out to be kind of four A players. You know, like they call in, in in baseball, a guy comes up from AAA, really plays well there, can't quite perform in the major leagues. He's kind of a four A player, and there are a lot of like long term college guys who look that way when they get to the NBA because they're just not quite good enough, um, and it can be really hard to tell the difference. Um, but it is fair to say that. It hurts when the Lakers are playing like this to see a couple guys who were drafted literally the next two picks. Yeah. Who could theoretically help them? Yeah. Again, it may not speak to anything that's wrong with the scouting department or talent evaluation, but it may speak to were you valuing the right things in the exact moment mm-hmm. when you needed them? Coming up next, uh, tough times for. Tommy DeVito <laughs> and just guys looking to the cash in. The cutlet market is suffering. <laughs> the cutlet market is suffering. Also, too, Steve Kerr said some things that I find very, very ironic. Get into all that coming up next. Kamenetsky Brothers, 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Real quick before we get into Tommy DeVito's uh, 15 minutes perhaps being over and some comments from Steve Kerr. We were talking before about biopic movies and one's excited to see. And it feels a little weird for me to say that I'm really excited to see a movie that involves so much real life tragedy. 
but I cannot wait to see the Iron oh, Claw. The, yeah, the Von Erich movie about about the Von Erich family in professional wrestling. Like, it's a story that I have been fascinated with for like quite literally. Yeah, decades. no, you you. I remember we would talk about like potentially writing documentaries or like trying to create something out of that story. Yeah, you know, going back to like when this is like when we were watching wrestling as kids like these guys were massive yeah it, it, Devon Eric curse yes I mean it's what I've always found so fascinating about this is they're a real life family like the Von Eriks were a real family in this fake sport you know it's it's a sport that involves real athleticism real coordination you know real talent in very specific ways but it's a fake choreographed sport but their tragedy was not, you know, Vince McMahon written storylines. Like this was real, true tragedy. Like, it, and it's just been incredibly, I think, sad but fascinating. And supposedly, the movie's terrific. The performances by Zac Efron and uh, Jeremy Allen White from The Bear, it, it just up and down the line. It, they're supposed to be incredible. So I, can't I've, wait I've to only see heard this movie. good things about it. Yeah, it. The trailer looked. I'm talking about good-looking trailers. That looked fantastic. Again, super. It's a weird movie to say you're excited to see, but I am really excited to see it. Steve Kerr, after last night's um, loss, the Warriors on Christmas against the Denver Nuggets, said that he is quote disgusted by the amount of I love that word free I throws love that, that word uh, the Denver Nuggets got, in particular Nikola Jokic. He had 18 free throw attempts. And Steve Kerr is upset that he said, quote, I have a problem with how we are legislating the defense out of the games. We are enabling players to BS their way to the foul line. Steph Curry uh, said later, it does cater to the guys who can sell the calls. There is physicality, but it's tough because it's inconsistent at times on either side. And what I find hilarious about this is not that either guy is even wrong, it's that Draymond Green, before he was suspended indefinitely for socking Yusef Nurkic, said exact words. He was doing that because he was trying to sell the call. I sell the call with my arms. So this is something that the Warriors have benefited from for years. <sighs> that is hilarious. It is. And I... The, I I they've one of the masters of the trade as a foundation of their team. And and you know, Chris Paul currently plays yes. for that. I mean, I mean he's not quite, you know, he's not as consequential a player as he used to be. But I mean, like we'll talk about is, somebody who's made that his ethos. He's a godfather of that. You know, I mean, like he's the oracle to which other players come visit. Um it is it's always fun to me to watch athletes, athletes, coaches, whatever, say stuff. And I, I always wonder, like, if they are self-aware enough to under... They may not care, but, like, if they're self-aware enough to understand what something is going to look like. Like, wait a minute. What about your guy? Like, what about... Where were you a week and a half ago, like, when that... And I, I suspect Steve Kerr is probably smart enough to get it and just doesn't care. But it is one of my favorite things with 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 coaches, with players, with whatever. Oh, I mean, look, I'm not calling out like hypocrisy okay. that I'm outraged <laughs> by. I, I don't care about any of it. I just think it's really funny to see him complain about something that 
It's like the way Tom Brady is now bashing the NFL for having too many rules that make it soft. Right. Exactly. You're taking away the contact and the physicality. These like are there's all- a there was a a section of the NFL rulebook for like nine years that just said do not touch Tom Brady. Yeah, like These that are- was the only rule. There were no subsections or anything. Don't touch him. These That's are all it. rules that were literally created to protect you. 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 Not even other quarterbacks. Nope. You. Because you. <laughs> you're like the only superstar who cannot run at all and cannot escape a pocket. And, and you're too important. Yes. You're like, too- look, I here's the thing. Like, and I I am not one of these people who gets upset with the NFL legislating defense in ways that makes it harder. First of all, player safety in the NFL is such like I don't get excited watching some guy get his head taken off. It's like like it's a person inside that helmet. And I you know, I don't need that. That that level it's a violent game and as much as you can take the gratuitous violence out of it and let the athleticism and the other parts of the game come through, I am for that. Um basketball is the same, but like both of these sports, I am for Things that allow points to be scored. I want to see the natural athleticism and the craft that NBA players have. And I do not like 90s style NBA. Like you go back and you watch the Jordan documentary. starting lineup. Yes. (laughs) You go back and watch the Jordan documentary. And the most shocking thing other than, wow, I forgot how good Michael Jordan was. Is that like it's it's three minutes left in the conference finals and whatever and the score is Indiana seventy four Chicago seventy three it's like I don't need that. like that is unwatchable to me at this point I want to see what these guys can do if they are not being grabbed and hand checked and it's the same way in football I want to see what these guys can do when given an opportunity to go catch a ball or not be concussed or all that kind of stuff so. Don't complain to me about defense being legislated out of games. I am f- I want less defense. Give me less defense, more offense. I like 132 to 128. I do think though some of this stuff is unfair to defenders. Like it, you, oh, it's you, completely unfair. You are at a place right now where as a defender, you have to be so self-conscious of the exact sweet spot where you are allowed to hit not just a quarterback anybody there are times when it's not when it is absolutely unfair and even as a protect the players and you know player safety whatever advocate i'm like okay that was a terrible call like that is you can't you have to still be able to play particularly in football you have to be able to play the game i'm not saying that like it doesn't get absurd sometimes like you know again but i think it gets joke, absurd in ways don't that touch actually, tom brady right but i think it gets absurd at times in ways that hurts the game it does you got to call it correct it's still better than the alternative that's the thing people forget like oh like you know you can't have like you 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 have sort of this like romantic view of whether it's football or basketball like the way defenses play back in my day and all that kind of stuff and go back and watch those games like they are terrible they're terrible and okay, maybe you're somebody who really loves the clutching and the grabbing and the physicality of it's like, okay, but what I really want to be able to see is some of the super sick stuff that you know that that Devin Booker can do or you know Nikola Jokic or whatever if if they're not having to give piggyback rides to the other opposing defense, you know like the I, I, the the Rambus McHale thing like. 
It's like that was barely a foul in the eighties. <laughs> was a little bit of flagrant. Like, are we what, we're blowing a whistle for that? Come on. Yeah. The saying goes, it was a very, very different era, <laughs> different time. All right, coming up, we could the Rams be in a position where in week eighteen, the game means more to the Niners than the Rams? Talk about that coming up next, 710 ESPN. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Now, Long Beach claims these guys. Long Beach absolutely claims Sublime. There's no arguing about that. How fast can they sing? And what? And have they have ever been. been to Cleveland? <laughs> <laughs> Kamenetsky Brothers in for Travis and Slee. And, you know, maybe a week or so ago, talking about the Rams and this playoff push that they're on that, just a few weeks ago seemed completely improbable and not something we'd be talking about at all. Right now, according to um, ESPN, they have a 75% chance of getting into the playoffs. Thinking that, okay, if you are looking for this for the Rams, you want actually, even though they are a hated division rival, you would want the Niners to keep winning out. Yes. Because – For those who don't know, the Rams and Niners play their final game of the season against each other. And if the Rams were still trying to play for playoff positioning, playoff entry, any of that stuff, you would hope that the Niners, who've been one of the best teams in the NFC, currently in a three-way tie at the top of the NFC. Right. They've already clinched the division. Right. The Rams can't catch San Francisco. But the, the hope would be that the Niners would have everything on their end sewed up to where they can't move in any direction. They they can't have home field affected throughout the playoffs in any direction, anything like that. They'd have nothing to play for. So if the implications were there, the Rams might have an easier time with that game because the Niners are sitting their starters. It just dawned on me, it's not probable, but not impossible, that the Rams might actually have more of their stuff 
sewed up in either direction by week 18 and maybe could sit some of their guys, whereas the Niners are looking to win that game. Not a given. It's I no. wouldn't even say it's probable. But the fact that it's not impossible speaks well, to the it, way the Rams have been playing of late. And it does, and it also speaks to kind of like what can happen this week. The Rams currently sitting at about a 75% chance of making the playoffs, but if they win this week, it goes up to about 88. And if they win and Seattle loses at home to Pittsburgh, they're in. And so really all that we're and Pittsburgh, t- by the way, for people who don't know, has something to play for yeah, right they're now. Still in, they're still in it in the AFC. And so, you know, and it is, is – is Geno Smith back, or are we still in the Drew Locke? Geno Smith played. He played this week? Yep. Okay. That certainly helps them better than Drew Locke, that's for sure. Um, like, the Rams, if they clinch a spot this week, the only thing that really can change for them is, are you a 6 or are you a 7? And practically speaking, other than trying to jerry-rig it so you pick your opponent – which I don't think the Rams should be in the business of trying to do. There's no difference, practically speaking, between being a six seed and a seven. You are on the road, almost surely on the road, no matter what, all the way through the playoffs, unless you have the incredibly improbable uh, NFC championship game between the six and seven seeds coming out of it. Like, you're almost surely going to be on the road. So, like the Western Conference semifinals for the Lakers and Warriors last year. Correct. Like, something really weird. Um, I don't, I mean, you could not risk getting guys hurt in San Francisco against the. The Niners, absolutely the Rams could be locked in and San Francisco wouldn't be. It's crazy, though. Like, the idea that the Niners could possibly have more to play for in that game at 11-4 and and a team that has looked like the class of the NFC for most of this season last night. Well, look, it's not that the the Niners could have – it's not surprising that in the last week of the season the Niners could be playing for a top seed. It's that – the Rams could have nothing really big right. to play for, yes. and it's not a bad thing. Right. Like you would think, like the worry five weeks ago was, yeah, by week 18, the Rams wouldn't have anything to play for because they're out of the playoffs, not because their seed is kind of basically locked in and it doesn't really matter one way or the other. It's because they're already out, where you know, and and so that they can clinch it this week is. Amazing, yeah. I mean, and they need. I mean, at the very least, even if San, Seattle wins, don't screw this whole thing up by losing the Giants. Don't do that. They've got right now too, like tiebreakers, that sort of stuff. I'm looking right now at ESPN standings uh, based on the playoff race. There's nobody that I can see right now who has a tiebreaker over the Rams, the like Packers. The Packers, yeah, they beat them head to head. Green Bay beat the, the Rams. The, so well, I'm pretty sure that would in a head-to-head setup. Okay, I the guess they're not breaker. listing it just because the Rams have a better record than them right now, so the tiebreaker thing doesn't come into play. Yeah, the, the the Rams really could have used Carolina to pull that upset over Green Bay. That was, we talked about the uh, Cincinnati game and the Pittsburgh game. The Green Bay game was the other one that was like, guys, come on. Like, Packers have played better. Jordan Love looks like he's going to be a pretty good quarterback. But, like, that was that shouldn't have happened. It is very difficult, though, to ask the Panthers to get their bleep together 
Like oh, that, I don't think they were doing it on purpose. No, but I'm just saying that's a big request. Yeah, you don't like, want to be really leaning on, on those. Come guys. on, Panthers, you have and the, one and the Rams, job. They don't. It's not like the Rams need it. Like just keep winning and you're in and all that kind of stuff. But like, had that happened, then this would really would have been set up well because I believe of the teams that are that are still there. The Packers are a team that would hold a tiebreaker over the Rams. It is just crazy, though, the idea that with two weeks left in this season, the Rams would be in a place where they control their fate. They are not reliant on nope. an entire, you know, beautiful mind scenario <laughs> with all the equations in front of you yeah. spinning around. Nope. You just win your games. And this week, you have a winnable game. It would even be impressive if they needed to win that game. It's like, if you win out, and it includes the Week 18 game in San Francisco, and I'm getting used to saying Week 18, by the way. If you're getting, you know, you got that Week 18 game in San Francisco, like, it may be a hard one, but if you win it, you're in. Like, even that a month ago would have sounded pretty appealing. The idea that they could clinch it and be in before that game? I didn't Again, see that the idea that Week 18 could actually mean more to the Niners in terms of playoff implications than the Rams, that is not something that I thought was going to be possible, even like Didn't have that in your bingo card, did you? No. We we need to retire that expression, by the way. Did not have that one in the bingo card. Coming up next, the dump, then a little crosstalk. I believe it's going to be Ireland and Momo. That is all coming up next, 710 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. All right, no shock to learn that Otani gear and Dodgers gear in Japan is flying off the shelf in an email to the Japan Times Fanatics. An official MLB partner said that in the 24 hours after Otani announced he'd signed with the Dodgers, sales of Dodgers merchandise across the Fanatics network in Japan, which includes MLBshop.jp, soared more than 8,300%. And now look. Naysayers, Andy, will say, well, that was probably a pretty small number to begin with. And so when you start multiplying, like 8,300%, once you get into four digit growth, nearly five digit growth in 24 hours, I don't care what number you were starting with. It has to That's be five now good. with Yamamoto. It has oh, I'm to be sure. At least five. And I was about to say, it's probably just five. It's probably five just on Otani stuff. And when you add. Yamamoto in there, you're talking high fives. It's like, it's, this is exactly what they were hoping for 
in terms of revenue streams and all this other stuff. Like they're gonna they're gonna have media deals that are exclusive to Japan that are you know you know you'll see stuff on the field here. Like th- this opens up so much stuff for the franchise. And this is how they will be confidently paying. Otani, $680 million yes. not to play baseball. And why Otani can just done. give Porsches away to anybody who does something nice for him. Well, we've have, we have established that is in part because he's a Porsche ambassador. Uh, right. Um, <laughs> he's got a lot of endorsement deals. Why he can defer $68 million a year. Some movie franchises coming out in 2024, returning, rebooting, however you want to put it. I'm going to name the franchise just real quick. Yes, you're excited to see it. No, no interest in seeing it. Alien. Yes. No. No. Yes. I think it's a really good franchise. I've just never been that into the Alien franchise. Same here. I think it's I think it's well done. I'm just not Who's that directing it? In it. I don't know off the top of my head who I is need directing to, I need it. to know that. Twister. Yes. <laughs> nah. I'm not too interested in it. No, no, no. Not that interested in a Twister. I feel like everything that we ever needed to learn from Twister we did. or ever see from right. Twister. Yeah. Very we cur- saw very from the original Twister. Very curious what has happened to these people since. I need closure. Well, I mean, unfortunately, <laughs> two of the actors are not with us anymore. Oh, in that case, pass. Yeah. I forgot about that. What's the second one? Um, there's Bill Paxton. There's Philip Seymour Hoffman. That's right. That's right. I forgot yeah. he was in that. Yes. Yes. Do yes. me too. Me too. Mad Max. So yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So have you seen the trailer for Is it yeah. George Miller again? Yeah, it's George Miller again. It's sold. Furiosa sold. prequel sold. with Anna sold. Joy Taylor and uh Chris Hemsworth. She's yes. awesome. Thor. Yeah. It looks awesome. Yeah, I'm in. It looks phenomenal. All in. Bad boys. Uh, I like the last one. It was, one? A, it was, a, it was funny out. to watch. We've had enough. Nah, me no, too. Pass. Enough. Done. Yeah. Oh, come on. It's funny. It, uh, that's a lot of I'm not saying that it isn't funny. I'm yeah. just saying there's been enough. I don't have to go to a movie theater to watch it. I'll watch it on HBO for free or something. Yeah, that's sort of the yeah. standard. Would you want to go see that's this? It. That's Would it. you theater? pay American money? <laughs> the Crow. I'm in. Uh, I don't know. It's such a good movie. Like, you don't want to ruin it. I, and it is a great movie. And I, I realize we were talking before about stars no longer with us. That's obviously Brandon Lee. But I thought the first one was really, really good. And enough time has passed that I think you could do something new with it that actually feels fresh. So I haven't seen the original in so it's long. Good. I know it's good. I remember it being good, but I also don't remember kind of what it's about or why it was good and whether or not this would be a good idea. So I'm going to reserve judgment until I go back and watch The Crow again, which, let's be honest, probably isn't going to happen. <laughs> Trent, John Wick. Oh, keep making them. Yeah, keep them. Yeah. Yeah. What's the death count? I was John so Wick 20. Yeah. Are we is John is John Wick though going to be still with us? Because he had a spoiler alert. Ah, have <laughs> not seen alert. four. Stop. All right. Let's just say what's stop what's talking so loud. List? Okay. <laughs> we are not Tra- out of the John Wick four massive spoiler Transformers. Another no, no. <laughs> I, I, I just saw a new one that yeah. just came out recently on Paramount. I'm torn on this because as a movie, I don't really need to see another one. But as somebody who works some freelance uh, freelancing with a creative agency that has done some work with Transformers. Right, but that's different than you actually going project. to see it. Oh, no, I'm not going to see it. I just no. want to see my work. Right, they don't need you to keep making Transformers. It's not like they, there will there be a Transformers 11 is dependent on whether Andy sees it in the theater. <laughs> okay, a couple more of these. Beverly Hills Cop, the new trailer is out. Yes. 
Oh, it looks terrible. It does look terrible. It terrible, I but I, I got to watch it. I'll watch it. That new trailer looks so bad. Jorge, have you seen it? I have not. Not the trailer, but I saw something that Eddie Murphy says. I'm not 20 years old anymore, so everything hurts. But hey, we got through it. Why does he still have to wear the Detroit Lions jacket? I will Come say on, that. Because people will recognize it. That's on, thing. That thing where he's driving the truck and they say like, you're making people angry again. It's like me. Uh, I was like, who is like everybody? It does look terrible. It looks. Really <laughs> At least they brought back uh, the guy Aqua Foley. What's his name? Uh, <laughs> oh, what's, what's his name? Bronson Pinchin was yeah. his name. Yeah, Bronson Pinchot. Yeah, Ahmed Foley. Yes, they, like, at least they brought him back. He's going to be back. Uh, you're going to have Judge Reinhold back. Mm-hmm. You're going to have John Ashton back. Is uh, the woman who the the no. lead? She died, didn't she? I don't know if she died or not, but I she has not really acted. Oh, you know, since might be. Is it the, is it the woman from Fletch who died? I don't know, but the woman from Beverly Hills Cop. I think is still alive and just basically didn't do any acting after Beverly Hills. Just killing Cop. people in every movie. You I really think are I'm just killing everyone. And then the last one, Planet of the Apes. Sure, the I'll last watch those. the last installments of Planet of the Apes were awesome. I have not seen them, any of them yet. They're the ones with Caesar, right? Yeah, Caesar. They're yeah. really good. I only saw the like the first two was Caesar. After that, I the, checked out. The most recent ones have been really good. I'm not sure about the new one. Just beyond what they're going to do with it, it's a different director. And the director they had before, Matt Reeves, he's very he's very good with those. He did the latest Batman with Robert Pattinson, if, if you like that one. So I can't give it a confident I'm in, but I am I'll curious. I'll go see it. I definitely curious what that's go, what is going to be there with it. Um, happy birthday, Ozzie Smith, St. Louis Cardinals, 69th birthday. Best defensive shortstop ever. Best it, I've ever seen. In the conversation, who do you guys like? Ozzy, by the way, is somebody that if you grew up in St. Louis, like Brian and I, in that period, he is somebody that is always going to be one of your all-time favorite athletes, just from having been there. Who do you guys have as some of their? I grew up during this time in this city, therefore, this guy's my guy. Oof. I mean, and feel free to just adopt anybody from Cleveland because that's <laughs> apparently how we do it now. So you got all those athletes too. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I, Lloyd Vaught from the Clippers. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Vaunt. Lloyd Vaught from the Clippers. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I did not see no. that answer hey, hey, Even I used... Lloyd Vaught's family doesn't answer the question that way. <laughs> Lloyd Vaught? He doesn't want to see the point of your Priscilla Presley. But that is a <laughs> We're reaching, baby. Pull. We're reaching. That is a <laughs> deep on. I'm going to go pull up some of Lloyd Vaught's roster just to see who didn't come to mind for Funchy. <laughs> I want to say Jorge while I stall. That is who's deep. That for you? So the question again was somebody who's not from here that just seems well, just like he's from here? By virtue of where you grew up at the time that you grew up, who became like one of your guys? They don't even have to be like the best player. Ozzy Smith was pretty damn good. Like Willie McGee, another example for both Andy and I are just like huge Willie McGee or ride Jose or die. Okendo Jose Okendo. Period. Just Utility ride or die. Extraordinaire. You know, like you just have your certain guys like, you know, and, you know, they're hockey players so I could bore people with or whatever. Um, Stump Mitchell, the old, you know, Otis Anderson, like guys who played for the old Cardinals. Um, who is that for you? Like, they don't have to be that good. Right. I'm thinking of like Loy Vaught, for example. Eric Pikowski. <laughs> good one. Good one. He's Eric Pikowski until like, like three years ago was arguably like the third greatest clipper of all time. <laughs> uh, it was like Chris Paul. Blake Elton Griffin, Brand, Blake Griffin, and then Eric, Eric Pikowski. I mean, this speaks to, I mean, 
one of the issues with the Clippers in terms of just the – I mean, look, I think they're a well-run organization right now. They're playing very well. But the inability to create a true footprint in this city, you can make a really strong argument that the greatest Clipper of all time is Ralph Lawler. And I am not saying that as, you know, like a backhanded compliment to Ralph Lawler. He's fantastic. Like Lawler's Ralph, law. L- Ralph Lawler was legit. It's the law. Bingo. He was legitimately great as a broadcaster. But when your greatest of all time is your broadcaster, that speaks to a lack of success. It just does. Again, he's phenomenal. I'm not trying to take anything away from Ralph Lawler, but that shouldn't be the an answer that feels correct uh doc you besmirched player doc rivers with the clippers that's right Bunchy. glenn doc rivers that's right glenn Charles, doc rivers charles smith olden polonies the no, no. sheriff that's right and also ken norman ken norman gary grant oh, i'm looking yeah gary terry de wow so that was your era that early i mean i grew up clippers. watching those clipper games too in addition to the laker games so like around those era to 90s and stuff yeah i was watching Ron a lot harper of, mark Jackson, danny manning yeah. danny manning Elmore Spencer, Dwayne Washington. Or Spencer, that's right. Was it was that by the way when John Ireland was part of the Clippers? Yes, team? yes, I think so. I think so. No, no, just go in there. <laughs> just go in there. This, this is in there. This is when you fell in love with the talents of John Ireland as well. He's talking about the early '90s Clippers team uh, that oh, Funchy yeah. loved. Yeah, my uh, my first crack at NBA play-by-play with the 17-win <laughs> Clippers of Darius Miles. <laughs> you know what though? Those teams were at times super fun. Like they weren't good, but like Odom and Darius Miles and Quentin Richardson and those guys all together. Kenyon Dooling. Kenyon Dooling. Kenyon Dooling. Corey Maggette. They were legitimately fun. Not good, but fun. All right. Can I tell? Yeah, I'm going to tell it. It's, it's you a funny, always land on you're going to tell it, yeah, John. It's a funny story. So I'm, I'm on the plane. My first year calling Clipper play-by-play. And I'd gotten to know Alvin Gentry pretty well. And Gentry walks back. He's sitting up in the front, and I'm sitting in the back. Yeah. And he walks back, and he's got this look on his face. Like, he just lost his dog. He's, like, oh. disappointed. And I'm, I'm like, what's wrong with you? He goes, I just broke up a fight in the front cabin between two of our players over who met a girl first oh last my night God. in a club. Mm. He goes, it's like they're in high school. Oh and I looked God. at him and I go, Alvin, last year they both were. Oh, <laughs> my God. Because <laughs> it was like two 18-year-olds. I was going to say, without wow. naming names, I feel like I could name names. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah you, could, you, you could figure it out. Wow. And then the other thing was he, he said Darius came to him and said – Darius Miles. Yeah, Darius came to him later and said uh, – uh, he goes, Darius, how's everything going? Did you find a place to live? He goes, well, I did, but uh, they wanted a check for first and last month's rent. And Gentry goes, yeah, that's that's standard. You yeah. Wanna, he goes, well, I don't I don't have a checkbook. And, okay. And he goes, Darius, you and I are going to go into the bank and we're going to show them that you just signed a contract for ten million dollars and wow. we'll see how fast they give you a checkbook. But it is, you know, he was from East St. Louis. Right. He didn't oh, he know. grew up with nothing. These are like basic life skills that like most teams have a player personnel department to help rookies adjust to life as an adult. Right. Yeah, but it is a, it is a that, good those reminder. Those are like services that right. like either the players union or your franchise has people to help 
the yeah, Lakers have a like, really yeah. good person. Corey yeah. Brown has told yeah. a story before about like not knowing what to do with the suits that you're wearing. And like, like I, you I, would crumble them up and throw yeah. them in the corner. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Will, Wilbon went and did a story on him or somebody went and did a yeah. story on him. And, and uh, he had been, when he, they knew he was going to be the first pick in the draft, so his agent bought him a suit. Right, and and you know, Kwame, and he went over to his house, and the suit was wadded up in like oh like God. you would take dirty laundry and right. throw. I it mean, in the he corner. and he grew up in both poverty and chaos. Yeah, like it was a really turbulent upbringing for Kwame Brown, and like what to do with a suit was very low on the things that he needed to know growing up, and that he was not. It it's a, it is a reminder, particularly with basketball, because guys enter the league younger than they, right. you know football. You got to play, got to go to college for three years, you know, before you can get in the league. And by in that time, you can develop some of those skills and all that kind of stuff. Like you go from you know one year of college, you play in the G League now for a year, or whatever, and like you're suddenly a millionaire in the NBA, like. 19 like i do you also, understand what to do like, with everything I'm in like my that's mid-40s hard 40s and i still don't have basic life skills on certain things right, right? there with you sister i mean <laughs> like, let's be real the, amount, the <laughs> amount of things i don't know how to do yeah. is long and plentiful yeah basic life skills like, <laughs> it's this, like this sounds like a conversation for a little super cross yeah so you guys drew the short straw of the Travis and Slee. I think I'm the only regular host working today, am Good. I not, Jorge? Yeah. Yeah, I think you are. And uh, I think Mason and I are the first two back. I think Travis and Slee and and uh, I'm not sure what's an Anno and Kemper coming Clinton. back. I'm in with Clinton tomorrow and Friday, and I think Thursday there isn't a show, period. Yeah, there's a lot of bowl games coming right. up. This is the last Mason and Ireland show of the year. I know oh, that. Oh, wow. Um, so we're going to screw off a lot, Ramona. Just letting you know in advance. I am so down for that. <laughs> <laughs> we're going like, to be a lot of screwing around. Well, the, the holidays takes it out of you. Like, it really does. Your your mind becomes jelly. I mean, all four of us have kids and extended right. families. Yeah, and I when did you not do, know what this. you realize is you have to just survive the holidays. Right, I was like, this this whole the idea, day, the time when you break, reaction. I'm like, who is it a break for? The yeah. teachers? Because I'm not getting a break. I asked my wife, so you know, we were getting our daughter to sleep and whatever, and she fell asleep in our bed. And all of a sudden, so I, you know, gave my, it was like, okay, I'm leaving the room now because I can't really be in there. And so, so I wasn't going to see her till t- today. Gave her a hug and kiss. I said, you know, hope you had a really crazy. Did you have a good Christmas? She yeah. said, I did. I'm so glad it's over. Yeah. Right. Because she works so hard. Right. During Christmas. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's it's like putting on a command yeah. performance. Yeah. It's like I dread every December. I absolutely dread. I find yeah. all this stuff so stressful between Hanukkah. Do and you guys Christmas? celebrate both? Yeah, we do. you and your wife mm-hmm. celebrate both. Brian, yeah. you too. We do, and do my too. son, my oldest, is okay. a Christmas Eve baby. So he, we call oh. December December is Benapalooza, but like yeah. it's he's really hard to. Sh- uh, it's it's a that is it's hard. a nice thing because he doesn't want much, but it's really stressful. It's like you, yeah, parents, my grandparents. Un- my I'm really like, what December do we get? Ben sixteenth, so yeah. I get a little of yeah. that. But that's December twenty fourth. That's like I my, went to a, a my Christmas neighbor. Eve I have a neighbor party. Is a, is a December twenty fourth yeah. birthday, and I always feel a little bad. For it's her. just well, yeah. he doesn't care about like you know you maybe one day get a little when have friends or something like that over, but like he just he doesn't want much stuff. But we've got two sets of grandparents, and then yeah. we want to get him something. Other people get it. it's like, what do you want? And it's like Hanukkah, Christmas, birthday. What do you want? It's like, ah, I don't know. Do you know what I did? Literally, I, I am like totally in a different place with getting kids, like presents. Because Daniel wants stuff all the time. Like we go to the market. I want that. I want yeah. that. I want that. So then when it comes time for presents, I'm like, I'm going to get him what he actually wants. He just wants markers. Right. You Whatever. know, like, do you know what I got my husband for Christmas? 
white t-shirts and I, socks. I would, I would love cigarettes. That. He was like, this roll is up great. In the sleeves. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I was like, I got I my five-year-old some that's markers. That's not only a very practical gift, but I would welcome that yeah. gift. I'm wearing my <laughs> Christmas gift. These are my, my yeah, pants. Yeah, that's good. Got you got new shoes? You know? No pants. Oh, okay. Yeah, Nevin usually gets me some concert tickets. That, that's that's like did cool. he this year? He did. For? He got me to Alanis Morissette in oh, August. Nice. Okay, so that's uh, exciting. And Joan where? Jett. Where at is the she forum. play? Okay, at the forum. Yeah. That's a good venue so for her. I yeah. went. I always went. As you guys know, I'm Broadway John. So whenever we go to New York, uh, I make a point of seeing a Broadway yeah. show. I love Broadway. We should have go you to a Broadway seen, show. Have you seen Jagged Little Pill? No, I heard All it's right. great. So, Jagged Little Pill. This guy walks out on stage. Okay. And I thought I was being punked. He looks exactly like Steve Mason. Really? So much so that I took a picture of him. I normally would like never do that and sent it to Mason. And I go, I think your brother's in this play. And he goes, geez, we ended up having him on the show. Wow. I'll, I'll, I'll backtrack and show you a picture yeah. of him. It's it's like I love that you're Broadway John. Yeah. I, but Jagged I Little like Pill, Broadway which Momo. is all Alanis Morissette music, is a great play if you ever get a chance to okay, see it. Okay, I want to go see that, and I also want to see the Michael Jackson one that's coming to the Pantages. Everybody's all yeah. When did you that. see it, John? Jagged Little Pill? Yeah. Probably two years ago, like right around COVID time. Okay, I'm just looking up the right actor here. Yeah. What's the storyline um, of Jagged Little Pill? It is basically... High school kids dealing with coming of age. Okay. Oh, okay. That makes sense for that album. But all the songs. Oh my are God. Let me Did see. you find him? Yes. Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Whoa. oh my God. <laughs> like, his Sean, his Sean name is Sean Allen Krill. Krill. And by Whoa. the way, he was such a good sport about it, Brian, that when he came on, he, he was like, I sent him a picture of Mason. And then I sent Mason a picture of him, and they both decided that they were like, if what would you do if that guy walked out on stage? I had a great seat too. I was in like the fifth row, and he walked out on stage. I go, okay, I'm being punked right now. That's Mason. Yeah, and he's singing. He looks so. The only thing is Sean's hair is not quite as gray as no. Mason's, but the facial wow. features, the haircut. Well, maybe he's dying it like Mason used to. Uh, could be. I don't know. But and by the way, when we brought him on, he could not have been more in on the joke. He was great. I just said, I Well, mean, this is a pretty big come up for him. I mean, yeah. you know, Broadway, <laughs> like, that's a select audience. This is a totally But, like, audience. if he ever wins awards, like, he looks enough like Mason that Mason will take credit for them. Of course. Right. Mason Speaking would of say, awards, I wait a, a minute. Wait, wait, wait. I heard a little something. About? You and Mace. Oh, going into the Southern California Sports Broadcasters Hall yes, of Fame next wait, month? Yes, and wait, do you know, what, you know what kind of clout they have? They moved... It from a luncheon to a breakfast wow. you know to why? make wow. sure that these two you know guys why? can attend. Bergman told him we wouldn't go if they made if we had to miss the show. Yeah. So he said, "All right, then we'll move it to the morning." Pepe is we're going in with Pepe. With Pepe. Yeah. Wow. Bill Walton's going in with us. What? Uh, That's a hell of a this, class. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. There's there's like five or six people that. How you early guys... is this breakfast? Eight nine. Oh, somewhere. I don't know. If I so can you'll have been it. up for three <laughs> hours already. So is, is Mason the first person to get in without winning a Bob Miller Award? No, he's won a Bob Miller uh, Award, but he's always been with me. He's never won one by himself. Solo, by himself. and I've won three solo. You've carried him oh! to all of his oh! Bob Miller which drives him crazy. One year they, one year they uh, gave us the Mason in Ireland Award. Yeah, but they put my name first, and Mason <gasps> threw it up against the wall and broke it. So he is. Are oats, you serious? Yeah. He is, is oats so to your great. hall, Messina to your Logans. Yeah, wow. but he will not go there. Yeah. Well, I just did. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it, when when we win this award, I've already told him like he wants to, like he's he he he's very into who's going to present us and what he's going to say. I'm not saying anything. I'm literally. I hope I get there who's on time. Who's gonna Who's gonna present? I, he's, I think he's going to have Morales do it. But okay. It might be Sedano. 
Okay. I don't know. But he's it's a big deal to Mason. It is a big it deal. It is no deal to me at all. I'm like... Well, I mean, you've got so many solos. Like, where are you going to put this award? Uh, well, there's this isn't really... You don't get... I don't think you get anything for it. You just get into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Well, where are you going to hang your jacket? Well, like Pete Arbogast is in, into this. You should have Pete No, Pete, Ar- well, the, Pete's the one... He's the president of the Southern California yeah. Sports Broadcast. I mean, he's got the voice. Yeah. He does. He does. Have the, I've always been jealous of Pete's voice. He, he's, has a great he really voice. has a great Phenomenal broadcast. Phenomenal voice. Yeah. yeah. Nice guy. Phenomenal voice. Yeah. Yeah, well, he, I can't had, even he ended up calling. Uh, he's done it. USC for like twenty years, but yeah. he for about five or six years, maybe longer. Pete did uh, Cincinnati Bengals football, which I thought he was hmm. perfect for. And then I think he just moved out to California, and that was over. Yeah, but he, enough. He's Cincinnati. Yeah, one of those guys that. where the yeah. voice just dictates what you're going to do for a living. <laughs> that, exactly. You know how you're uh, picking up from there. So what what did you guys do to fill three hours the day well, after so Christmas? You, you were talking about this, like our Christmas present. We did uh, the show on Friday, right? We, was, we mm-hmm. did. There was a show that was the day after the Rams won. The when the the Lakers had a game, they beat and, Oklahoma City right. too. Or well, no, that, they beat that was Minnesota. It was a Minnesota game. Yeah. So it was, there was a Laker game, the Thursday night result for the Rams and Yamamoto. Like that was our yeah. Friday. It's like Merry Christmas to you guys. Yeah, that's a whole today. Run of we a had day. to do yeah. like we had to like think of stuff. Well, I've got a whole bunch of stuff. It's harder. I yeah. sent Ramona like yeah, twenty things this morning. Yeah. So and Laura sent a bunch of stuff too. So we're uh, we're good. We got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, by the way, do you all three of you agree with me that if there if there are no injuries, the Celtics are now the team to beat in the NBA. I, I walked out of that arena and that I said that's is, the NBA champion. Right. I don't think there is a weakness on yeah. that team. Oh, it, let's let's see who the Lakers play next because I feel like they could make. No, that team I got to be honest. Like, I watched that game last night, and I have, really they, I have okay. been on the fence, <laughs> and it's like I've been on the fence about who I think is the favorite. It was is it Denver should be because the defending champs. After watching Boston last night, I'm like, that's. The I team. had the exact same reaction, yep. and Bill Simmons was sitting about five rows in front of me, and so when I was going back up to do the second half, I stopped and said hi to Bill, and I said, by the way. Your team's going to win the title, and he yeah. reacted, which I with a reaction that I think most Celtic fans feel. He goes, "Yeah, but can you trust Porzingis well, to that's be the thing. healthy?" That's the thing because what separates yeah. them is that Porzingis is their third or fourth best player, depending on it. But he does things that are so crazy, weird, and special. And when he's healthy can be a best player on the so team type So do you guys guy. want to help me like workshop a story I'm going to write? Sure. Because I'm going to do a Porzingis story. No. Right? Okay, keep talking. I'm going to tell Brian. Because it feels to me like he came, this is a guy who comes into the league, drafted by Phil Jackson, who is, Phil Jackson is kind of one of one as well. Within a few months, he is the toast of New York and he is anointed the unicorn because he has such a unique skill set. And sometimes when somebody has like a unique skill set, that can be a blessing and a curse. Like he is a big who plays like a guard. He's 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 a post player who's who can shoot it from three at forty percent or whatever he's at this year, and he's got incredible passing skills. He has he's a little like a like Pau Gasol, but if he could shoot a three, like he's got that kind of basketball IQ and vision. I don't think he's as tough as Gasol um, in the block. Like maybe his post moves aren't quite as good, but nobody knows how to defend him. Like the Lakers tried all sorts you of things. He's, he's a legit seven three. He's first literally seven three. Like I want I, I never take selfies with players that I cover, but I kinda wanted to yesterday because he legitimately is that much taller than me. The he's first like the time Mason and I saw him was in Summer League in yeah. Vegas and Warren Legary yeah. uh had just come on the show and he goes, Hey, come back and watch 
Porzingis was on yeah. the Knicks summer league team. He goes, come back and watch Porzingis. I'll, I'll give you guys good seats. So yeah. he put us on the court. Warren put us on the court. So Porzingis is standing right next to us. And I thought, that's he's Yao Ming tall. Yes. Like he's that yeah. tall. And he's he has huge. handles. Yeah. You know, he can dribble and, he's and a, shoot. He's like His a whole cool, issue, Andy, is injuries. Is injuries. And I think in Dallas, John, I covered this series. Remember when the Clippers played Dallas? Yeah. And he was such Lucas a defensive. Lucas scored 50 points every game. That could because too. he had to. Yeah. But he was such a defensive liability. They had to put Boban in the game. Yeah. Okay. Because I don't know what happened to his confidence, but playing that year, Rick Carlisle kind of is a hard, you know, hard guy to play for. He's a tough dude. Like he's not going to suffer fools or anything like that. And I think that was not a great fit personality wise. This seems wise. right now in Boston the first time he's ever been on a good team. Yeah. Where he is happy with his role. Yeah. Happy with the pieces around him. And he him. doesn't have to be the guy. Well, I think I think he, he just signed a new deal. He could have got a lot more elsewhere, but he signed there. And it he's, seems well, like, that's if you look at their five starters, oof. there isn't a weak link. Even no. Derek White is really Derek good. Derek White is Drew Holli- phenomenal. Drew Holiday was like the perfect tonic for them. I was talking to Sean Grandy, who has yeah. my job for the Celtics, and he said something really interesting. He said, the one thing that holiday did was he brought the temperature of our team yes. down in a good way yes you know marcus smart was always running on tilt yep and drew holiday is just so steady and yeah. so professional and and so are tatum and brown tatum and brown are like that's what you, if you wanted to show a it's video like of how to conduct yourself yeah. as an nba player you would show those two guys and so now they've got tatum brown holiday and porzingis so supposedly the one guy that you'd you don't have to worry about is Derek White, but you do have to worry about Derek yeah. White. He's a good I shooter. I don't know who told you you, you don't have to worry about right. Derek White. Well, but, but really what good. I'm saying, Brian, is you have to double Tatum. Right. right. So where does the double come from? Right. It's the, it's the opposite of the Lakers starting line. Correct. Where you, where where you, you don't have to double, double anybody, anybody but LeBron and AD. Right. And right. you can, can play leave. off of two people. Right. Uh, right. And so... I mean, I got to be honest. Like when I watch that team, as long as Porzingis is healthy, that is your champion this year, next year, the year after that. I mean, they'll just I mean, keep winning. As, as much too as you talk about like their top five and to whatever degree you want yep. to include Al Horford in that mix. Like if nothing else, no, he's leadership smart. wise, super important. He's smart. He knows Peyton Pritchard's like a really good backup say, point guard. You know, guys like Hauser and Pritchard, they're good enough yeah. to be your seventh guy, your eighth guy. And once you get into the playoffs, you it's don't eight, roll much deeper anyway. than eight guys anyway. I, I could see them making a move at the deadline like a supporting cast, like a guy like John Conchar. Milwaukee, Milwaukee the is really quietly starting to figure it out. Okay, they have to score like 140 points a game to win. But yeah, we're I also love... we're, we're used to them being like, you know, doing it the other way. Yeah, that's true. And so like, I don't, they're, they don't, they're not, Necessarily, I think once the playoffs roll around, going to be catastrophically bad defensively. No, but um, I just don't. I mean, Boston can do both. Boston can defend and they can score. All right, here's the. I'm team, not done with Milwaukee. Here's yet. the team to keep an eye on, Philly. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, because they have Embiid. Tyrese Maxey is super underrated. Like Tyrese Maxey yeah. is is probably going to be an All Star this year. And and if there weren't so many great guards in the league, yeah. He would be. He's going to be in the All NBA conversation. Well, I, he is, yeah. but Andy, uh, and I know, we, I know we got to go. But here, think about this for All NBA, okay? So I think the first team All NBA is Luca and SGA, mm-hmm. okay? Steph is still having a great Steph kind of year, so you've got to put Steph in there. 
Um, well, I don't think you have to, depending on how the Warriors finish. I, don't I think, think you have, have to. I, I do. But, I okay, but, 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 I don't. Okay, so put that, Anthony off, put that off to the side. Anthony Edwards has to have one of those six spots. I would think Devin Booker has to have yeah. one of those six spots. Depends on how many games he plays. I, 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 would, I am always a Booker person, but it depends okay. on how many games Booker. he plays. Now stay with me here. So we've now had, so I've given you Dame. Or not, no, not didn't yet. Do Dame. I didn't even yeah. name it. So I've given you Luca, SGA, Edwards. Steph. Steph. Halliburton. Mm-hmm. Yep, Halliburton okay. has Donovan to be there. Mitchell's putting up otherworldly what numbers in Cleveland. What about De'Aaron Fox? Yep, yep. De'Aaron right. Fox. So it's Jalen Brunson. Yeah. We haven't even brought Jamal him up. Jamal Murray is playing phenomenally right. well. So now yep. we're up. To, now we're up to nine guys before yeah. we ever okay. mention. So there Tyrese is a little Maxey. trick. You can move Luca to a forward spot. Yeah. I would also Matt. Well, Temps told me that you can do five guards this year if you, you want. Can do whatever you want. Oh, they changed it this yeah. year. Like so, if you want to, you oh, can put Jokic and Embiid on the first team. That's good. I would mention Maxi before some of these other guys. That's just me. Which ones? Steph Steph. and Booker. No, right now. I would. I would certainly. I would put all three of them in the same class. Well, look. So I I think that it gets determined. I'm not saying that they're playing badly. I'm saying if I have to pick somebody. I think he's playing just as well as those guys and his team's winning more. No. Right. You have to look at something to pro- <laughs> I'm just going to keep saying is, no. I'm going to be like five Steph. years old. No. I, I get that he is Steph Curry. Did you see what he did to the Celtics? I'm just going to say, I mean, to me, he is blank. Look at his, look at his numbers, reason. Brian. He's, no, he's playing really well. No, but he's Steph Curry. I mean, he's like, okay. By the way, did we just do all... All six All NBA guards and leave Halliburton completely out. Possibly. No, we have you mentioned here's, him. Here's, here's, I think we have to. here's something you guys can do, even though you have yeah. a long list. We've already established yeah. that stuff you have to talk about. <laughs> you went through. Everybody went through this whole thing and did not talk about the team with six losses leading the Western Conference. At what point do people put Minnesota in this? Group I said Anthony Edwards. No, no, Minnesota as a team that can win a title. Uh, you know, they have you, to. You win said a they're few. the automatic. You know, the Celtics. Agreed, but they haven't won a playoff series. We talked about Milwaukee. We talked about Philly to watch. Nobody's talking about Minnesota. You should. I think if Minnesota runs into Denver. Yeah, Denver takes them out. Could be. I just I'm asking the question. You know what's funny though? I feel like Minnesota might be the one team that could take Denver out because they have the size. Like Denver beats people because they have three guys who are six ten and over. Porter six eight. People forget Porter six ten. Yeah, six at least. Yeah, yeah, he is. And Aaron Gordon's 6'10". All right. He can bounce like he's, he's, so. and he, if he wants to jump, he's nine feet tall. Yeah. All right. That is it for Super Crosstalk powered by In-N-Out Burger. Guys, That's, I'm good. We're good. I am good. That's what a hamburger is all about. Coming up he next. It's paid to 115 and no more. Absolutely. Union <laughs> rules, man. I am not above the local 407 That's that governs right. all this. My five-year-old. No. <laughs> Mason in Ireland coming up next. Momo in for Mace. 710 ESPN.